This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by new Syracuse basketball assistant coach, Brendan Strong. We talked about his background in the Washington, D.C. area, his playing days at a Division III school, and what led him to Syracuse. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And today's guest is a guy who's the newest member of the Syracuse coaching staff, uh, new assistant coach Brendan Strawn. And a lot of people have read about you, Brendan, and you know heard about your background and anything, but probably not a lot of people have seen you or, or heard from you. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Welcome. No, Mike, I appreciate you having me on. Um, definitely excited to be part of the Syracuse family. Um, I'm all moved up here now, so now it's just kind of getting adjusted and, and hit the ground running, so to speak. Man, you you've hit the ground running so like so much. It's like I don't even know if your feet have hit the ground. Uh, you're moving so <laughs> fast. Um, it really has been a whirlwind. I mean, you had to get here in between moving in and everything. But Red Adrian Autry, he got you on the road quick too. I was just wondering, you know, what that whole thing was like just to like immediately start recruiting for Syracuse. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a whirlwind to say. Um, So kind of all started, you know, obviously the season ended, um, you know, coach got announced that he was going to take over the program and then probably, you know, a couple of days later or so we go, week or so later, we kind of connected about, okay, Hey, the opportunity here that happened. I actually went to the final four in Houston with GW uh, gear and, you know, down there there's, uh, you know, coaching workshops and, you know, professional development opportunities. And I'm down there as a GW employee. And, you know, throughout that process though, I was, you know, filling out the paperwork, doing background, everything for Syracuse. And then Syracuse decided, Hey, we want to announce it you know, what essentially what I was at the Final Four during that professional development week. And so while that happened, I had to resign from GW because now the official announcement from Syracuse came out. And, uh, you know, I was able to sign my my offer letter and everything. And I had to get some Syracuse gear shipped to Houston. You know, as I'm walking around, it's, you know, I'm not I'm no longer employed with GW. And then the whole basketball community knows that, like, hey, he's, he took the job at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, from there, it was literally I got back to D.C., you know, spent a couple of days trying to get my stuff together. Um, but, you know, Coach Red thought it was important 
that I was here to meet the guys before they went back home for spring semester. Um, so got up here and was able to kind of get involved in workouts a little bit. You know, the very next week was the you know opening live period for AAU uh, events across the country. So I'm, you know, running and doing that. And uh, in between that, trying to finish up my paperwork for, for Syracuse, trying to find somewhere to live, going back home over the weekend, um, you know, tying up some loose ends. And, you know, so that kind of went on for about two months where I were living in a hotel here in Syracuse during the week, going to work. You know, with the portal, you know, obviously during that time, the, the, the Jesse thing went down and then we were recruiting, you know, some of these other guys that end up committing, you know, Chance and Kyle and Naeem. But, you know, working during the day, <laughs> flying home on the weekends, so trying to build family and, you know, take care of some things in there. They're flying back early Monday morning just so, you know, I'm I'm working here, but living in another city. Um, So, you know, definitely some tired nights. But the opportunity, the uh, you know, the, this whole experience has just been exciting and fun, and um, you know, wouldn't trade it. It's a it's a part of the journey, so to speak. So, did they get SU gear down to Houston in time for you to wear? I it? did. I actually did. So I had SU gear. I so I got there on a t- Wednesday. I think they announced it on Thursday, and I had some SU gear by Saturday. So it worked out. And now, you know, now I'm, I got a little more gear than I had before. So I'm sporting the S um, in and around the city and around the country. So now I, I know the coaching community. I, I'm sure when you got down to Houston, even though you're wearing GW gear, you've got people coming up to you and going, hey, I hear I hear Syracuse. Is, yeah. right? I, you, you, how much did you have to fend off people like that for about 48 hours? Yeah, no, it was uh how do you say it? like a, a worst kept secret kind of thing, so to speak. And this is actually where, you know, growing up in my area, you know, Syracuse is a you know big program, big fan base, you know, iconic brand. And so you hear about it. And I've you know, I've known about it from afar. But actually, man, um I had came up here to you know see everything for the first time. So one one of the cool things is uh you know, all my history of like coaching a lot of, you know, pretty good players, guys that move on to the next level, guys that actually came and played here and played well here at Syracuse. I've never actually been to Syracuse. So really a lot of you know, the elite camp that coach used to run at late August was, you know, a pretty pretty big deal for, you know, mid-Atlantic, East Coast AAU team, high school teams where, you know, a lot of the top players would come up, a lot of the coaches would come up. But during that time frame, I was always coaching middle schoolers. So I was always coaching eighth graders. So I never came to Syracuse in, my, in the last 10 years. So the first time I came up here to kind of meet Coach, I knew Coach McNamara, Coach Griffin, but, you know, kind of meet them, you know, meet um, just other people around the office. It was my first time here. But when I landed, I guess, a you know, a tweet had went out about, it was imminent that I was going to be hired here. And then, you know, from that point on, it kind of turned into a whole thing where, oh, well, you're going to Syracuse, right? What's going on? And what's taking so long? And et cetera, et cetera. So about a week and a half went by. 
and uh, you know, finally made it official. But it was definitely one of those things where you're walking around and people are congratulating you or you know, saying they're proud of you, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, count your chickens with your eggs hat, so to speak. Like until everything was signed and announced, I wasn't saying, Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to Syracuse. So it was fun, fun experience though. I was wondering how the whole process, you know, uh, the relationship between you and, and Adrian Autry, um, you know, because Adrian spent time down in the D.C. area before he got into college coaching. Yep. You're from the DMV area. Um, we can get into that a little bit more of your background in a bit. But um, I know you, you both worked with Team Takeover when you got yep. into the AAU uh, area. Yep. Um, what was the connection or, or was there really a connection there that led to your hiring? Yeah, no. So really, um, you know, me and Coach Archery, we we did work for the same organization, but it wasn't in the same time period. So, right. um, you know, he had moved on to Virginia Tech while I was still in college. And, you know, when I got out of college and got into coaching a more on a higher level, so to speak, with the within grassroots, he was in the, he was on to the other side. Um, but honestly, man, just as I knew. Um, I wanted to be, uh, you know, a college coach and started that whole process. I was really like the young guy that was in the area running around, you know, taking kids to workouts, picking them up, taking them to practice, you know, fostering those relationships with different high school coaches in the area, AAU coaches in the area. And then, you know, as the summertime hit, um, college coaches. And yeah. so me and Coach Archie kind of, you know, had a casual relationship early on. This is, you know, what is this? 2023. So this is you know, over 10 years ago. And then as I kind of grew within our organization and then my reputation in the area kind of grew as well, me and Coach Archie, you know, fostered a relationship where it was not just guys that he was recruiting from the area or from my program. He would ask me about guys from the area. And that kind of grew. We, you know, we we see the game it was a similar way. You know, obviously, we have a lot of mutual connections, both in the DMV area, but up and down the East Coast. Um, and as the years went by, you know, we, we formed a pretty good relationship. I looked at him as a guy that, hey, you know, he could be a mentor, so to speak, of what I'm trying to do. And um, then over the course of that time, I get into the college side and start recruiting his son. So I learned more about his family. Yeah, I was going to ask know, about that. Yeah, there's, you know, so there's a genuine, uh, you know, there's a professional relationship and there's a personal relationship because I got to know him and his family so well, recruiting his son, Trey, to uh, GW. So um, I would say the relationship was organic. It wasn't, you know, premeditated or anything like that. But over the course of, you know, 10 years or so, when you continue to talk, connect, see on the road, see in town, you know, you start to see that, hey, we got some similar core values, you know, we see the game a similar way, you know, obviously the work ethic and things that coach has accomplished is, you know, for somebody like me, definitely something that I want to eventually do myself. So, you know, we grew over those period of time and, you know, you never knew if coach was going to get that opportunity or not. Um, one of the things actually that kind of helped me in my career in college is when I was an AAU coach, I had a mentor of mine tell me like, Hey, um, you know, you have access to these prospects and their families. And not, not I want to say access, it's more, you know, you're you're around them, you're guiding them, you're help developing them, they're leaning on you for advice. Um, 
But as you want to be a college coach, you're not going to have access to the head coaches. And so at an earlier age, I learned that, you know, if I'm making relationship with the assistant coaches, those guys will one day become a head coach. And, you know, so, you know, let's go back to like 2014, 2015. Like I'm not going to be talking to Bill Self or, you know, Jim Beheim, <laughs> right? I'm going to be talking to, you know, Adrian Archery or, you know, the list of assistant coaches' names. And that's essentially how I got into the business. Um, Tavares Hardy was an assistant coach with Georgetown when I met him and then Georgia Tech. He got his head coaching job, and then he brought me on. As at Loyola. At Loyola, Maryland. Yeah. And then similar, Billy Lane was a little different because he was in our area, then went to the NBA and then came back. But, uh, you know, my last stop with Chris Caputo, same thing. He was – assistant coach George Mason Miami he gets his opportunity and because I already had that relationship with him I got the opportunity so here we are with coach archery another assistant coach you know we maintain a relationship grow a relationship he gets his opportunity and he's giving me an opportunity so I'm definitely forever grateful who was that mentor that gave you that good advice oh man uh you know Keith Stevens Sure. Kenny Johnson, like I, I had a, I, I got a good group of mentors, especially back in the the DMV area where you know basketball is like religion. Um, you know Keith Stevens, Glenn Farello over at Paula Six, who's you know turned his program into one of the top programs in the country. You know Kenny Johnson, you know sure. successful coach. Syracuse, Syracuse folks know Paul the Six. Yeah, yeah, Frank Howard, Frank Howard. Yeah. Came from Paula Six and uh, played for Coach Rello. So, who I actually played for in high school, Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt has a great coach, Brendan O'Connell. So, it's, I got a good nucleus of guys that I kind of run, run, uh, run things by, and you know, they've given me great advice over the years. So that's so how that that's how a guy who played D three basketball at Hood College, yep. in Frederick, Maryland, ends up. Yep being an assistant coach at a school like Syracuse in short. I yep. mean, that that's, that's pretty impressive trajectory there. I mean, you know, like I may, maybe it's just because I'm used to covering Syracuse. I'm used to covering folks that like played at Syracuse. Right. You know, you know, that, I, I know I'm kind of the, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the family now. I know I'm kind of the outsider where I, you know, I didn't play here. I didn't graduate from here, but you know, I'm a part of the family. Sure. But yeah, to your point is, yeah, it's not the, uh, it's not the ideal story of somebody that's coaching at this level, so to speak. Um, yeah, I had to work the most hard. traditional story, but I love it. I I, I, right. I think it shows you can get you can get there from anywhere, right? You can make it happen. Now, I you know I had to sacrifice a lot of things along the way and be intentional about some other things, but um, you know going to Hood College was a part of my story, and that's part of the reason why I'm here. Hood College Division Three school in Frederick, Maryland. Yep, to Syracuse ACC National Championship program. Not too bad. Not bad at all. No, and now we need do need to remind folks out there. In fact, Syracuse fans listening to this are probably already shouting at the their phones or computer screens. Hey, Syracuse has had other guys who didn't, you know, who were assistant coaches who didn't play here. Um, right, Troy Weaver, Wayne pretty Morgan. Good name. Yeah, pretty know, good name. Yeah, Wayne Morgan, way before yep. your time. 
<laughs> uh, Rob Murphy uh, yep. you know, and, and Troy and, and Murph both recruited that D.C. area really well. Yep. Yep. I know Troy a little bit. So in uh, big shoes to fill, so to speak. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Did you always I know just in general, like the, you know, the college landscape now is kind of going into former players at the former school thing. And, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things. But I'm I'm grateful that I got an opportunity here as a person that's not a former player or alumni of the school. So did you always want to be a college coach? Uh, Cause I know at hood, I think um, you were a math major, right? Yeah, no. So I, <laughs> I grew up, you know, let's, let's say early on, everyone wants to go to the NBA. Then when you start playing high level AAU, you start playing kids from, you know, California, Texas, Georgia, Ohio, Chicago, you start to realize, okay, it's going to be tough. <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not six five or anything. I'm five ten, five nine, like so. I'm a average height guy. And uh, you know, once you start to realize, hey, the NBA is not gonna work out. Okay, you can still play in college. I played in college for the love of the game, um, but you know, it was also in the mindset of like, okay, I want to be an accountant. So I, I went to college. I got a business management degree with a minor in finance and a minor in accounting. I was I had an internship with Merrill Lynch, you know, when I graduated school. So I graduated in May and July, I started my accounting job for the state government in Maryland. Um, so I was kind of always in that mold of, you know, I'm good with numbers. I like money. My, my father was an accountant. So I was kind of exposed to that early on. And that was the kind of path I was going on. But during during college, while I was, you know, a pretty good player playing in the summertime, again, in the DMV area, there's a ton of open gyms, open runs. You know, at this time, the, the, the personal training wave has just started kind of picking up where guys are doing individual workouts and all that. Yeah. And um, so I was in, you know, great shape playing. But during, during the summertime, I didn't have a job. I would because you wanted to play play ball all summer what I would do is start working basketball camps. So I would, you know, work, you know, local college camps. Um, so I, I worked Merlin camp, the Naval Academy camp, Glenn Farello had a camp. And actually during those years um, where I was just trying to get $200 in my pocket for a week to, to have some money, I started to realize like, hey man, this is uh, something I could see myself doing. Even though I'm coaching you know, middle school kids, elementary school kids. Um, There's a chance to be around the game. You know, I'm a, I'm a very competitive person. So in those climates, you know, every every camp session, I'm, I wanted to win the camp championship. Had a pretty good camp record too, if I if I don't mind saying. But um, it was during that time I was like, okay, maybe I can pivot as I'm, you know, continue to reach my academic goals and get my degree and set myself up in that landscape, so to speak. But with basketball, this is a way to stay around the game. And uh, hopefully, you know, one day this could be my day job. And so, again, this is like 2010, 11, 12. And right around that time, too, was in the basketball landscape. Um, that was the beginning of guys kind of hiring grassroots coaches directly into college. And so, for me, I actually saw one of my – one of my former coaches go from an AAU coach to a college coach, uh, Kenny Johnson. He was, you know, a JV coach at my high school. 
under Glenforello. And um he made a jump, made it big, and I'm like, all you gotta do is see one person do it. Yeah. It'll give you motivation that it can be done. And um, so when I finished coaching, I mean when I finished graduating college, I had my day job and then pretty much all the other time was spent getting better as a coach, getting more exposure as a coach, and um, you know, working towards the opportunity of creating the opportunity for myself to one day be able to make that jump. And it happened like nine years later, eight years later. So that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Now I know you've only been here a short time, but you go through the interview process with red. You've yep. known him a little bit. Yeah. Um, have you guys talked about recruiting philosophy? Is there such a yeah, thing? Well, no, for sure. I mean, um, you know, obviously with, with coach being the head coach now, there's a lot more, a lot more responsibility he has as, as far as on the court, off the court, you know, whether it's fundraising, alumni relations, traveling, meet and greets, you know, f- uh, foundations and stuff. Like, he, so his time is spread and he's not going to be, I mean, he's going to be on the road recruiting, but obviously he can't do as much as he used to do. And, um, you know, Syracuse has had a lot of great players from the DMV area. Not to say that they hadn't had a lot of great players from New York, New Jersey, Philly, New England, you know, the Boston area. But, you know, the DMV area has been a, a good area for Syracuse to go down and recruit. And, you know, the brand, the program still resonates very strongly down in that area. And um, I'm a guy that, you know, down there, I'm, I'm pretty well connected. And um, the, the opportunity to represent the program down there you know, to recruit the best players down there, uh, it makes a lot of sense. So from a philosophy standpoint, it's definitely, you know, we want to recruit the best players in the DMV area, Baltimore, Philly, Jersey, New York, you know, up in the prep leagues. And then, you know, continue to do some stuff nationally. Like, we, you know, Syracuse was able to get, you know, get out on the West Coast a little bit, you know, get out in the Midwest a little bit. So I think, you know, where there's relationships – um, we definitely will explore those, but as far as like the the bread and butter, you know, definitely, you know, DMV, Baltimore, Philly, Tri-State, and um, you know, the prep leagues. So we have a we have a pretty good plan. We just gotta execute and, and we're definitely gonna do that. So you uh you have your Syracuse gear now. Yeah. So when you go back I don't want to say home. home. Your home's here now for you, by the way. When you go back home to the D.C. area, uh, what's it like wearing Syracuse gear around the, there now? No, it's uh, people People are excited, right, <laughs> for me personally. But then also, again, like, you know, growing up, you know, Syracuse was was one of those programs. I could, I could speak for it myself, too, really. Um, you know, down in D.C. area, that's – ACC Big East country. So, you know, everyone grew up, you know, Georgetown Syracuse is like everything down there. Right. So if you, if you were playing ball or you were part of the, the generation above me, you know, it's, it's, it's Duke Carolina, it's Georgetown Syracuse and, you know, you know, Vill- Villanova now is kind of infiltrated the area a little bit, but those are like the, uh, and of course, you know, Maryland. So those are like the college program. So, you know, you see a guy like me who, uh, grew up in this area, played in the area, coached in the area. Not necessarily was the biggest name, but you know, representing the brand with the S is is, is pretty cool. So a lot of people 
are happy for me personally, but then also happy to see, you know, the blue and orange down there in gyms and in front of kids, in front of coaches. They haven't announced the date of the game, but Syracuse will play at Georgetown next season. Yep, yep, yep. How many tickets do you think you're going to be responsible for getting? Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna need a few. I'm gonna need some favors from the from the rest of the guys on staff and maybe some of the players. But uh, definitely excited to you know get back home and be a part of a game like that. You know, at the Verizon Center, it'll be twenty thousand, be sold out. I've actually been to a game. It was the year Michael Carter Williams was playing for Syracuse when they played. Yep. It was a big time game, big time environment, you know. So looking forward to having my my first chapter in that in the Georgetown Syracuse rivalry. So wait a second, wait a sec. You went to the Syracuse Georgetown game in 2013? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the one at the very end of the season where Georgetown, sorry, Syracuse fans, Georgetown blew their doors off. Yeah, no, I, I went to, I've been to a couple games, man. That game in particular, another year. Uh, it's I'm I can't remember the exact result, but I think Syracuse ended up coming back at the end. It was like a, a rally at the end of the game, and yeah. going over time. But I could just remember, just the hysteria around the game, like outside before the game, the tailgating, the oh yeah. You know, you 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 expect you know at Verizon Center, it's a Georgetown game. Okay, you see a bunch of Hoyer fans, but you look up and it's a sea of orange. You know, in the upper deck and the lower bowl, and uh, you know, just an exciting environment that you would. You know, I, I'm an AAU coach. I'm telling my players that hey, you would love to play in something like this. And you know, now that I'm a coach in this, I'm like, I mean, I can't wait to coach in an environment like that. So, um, no, nah, it's it's gonna be exciting. Definitely can't wait to. Figure out when that day is, and you know I definitely have a lot of families and friends in the building, and I'm sure there'll be some pretty good players who to see themselves playing in that rivalry there as well. And you'll probably have some former SU players in yeah. attendance. There's, they're always those guys always turn out for that game. Saturday, yeah. December 9th, by the way, is is my unofficial guess for the date of that game. Okay, so if you want to. Okay. You know, oh, you son, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> if any, any Syracuse fans out there listening, uh, keep Saturday, December 9 open. That's my guess. Um, so are you excited for the summer? Because I mean, it's just around the corner now. Probably by the time this podcast actually airs, you're going to be getting ready to hit the road for July, right? Yeah, well, shoot, it's not even just July anymore, it's June. So last, last weekend, um, you know, the high school period has kind of opened up in in June where the guys play for the high school team. So, you know, was on the road last weekend. I'm actually getting on the road tomorrow to, you know, start recruiting for the rest of this week. And then, you know, NBA Top 100 cameras next week. So that I'm going to that. And that's still in the month of June. And then July hits. And that's when the heavy recruiting period starts. But we're also bringing our guys back on campus. So in the mixture of, on-court workouts, you know, developing those relationships, getting these guys, you know, acclimated with the new regime. New, I mean, it's not really a new staff. I'm the new guy, but you know, the, <laughs> some of the new things that we're doing. Um, you know, you got to get out and recruit, recruit Peach Jam, recruit Unarmor and Adidas, and you know, Vegas is back this year. So just a lot going on, but we got to make sure we uh take care of our guys while they're here as well. So, um, it's definitely a busy time, but. Again, like just everything with my transition is definitely exciting to be a part of. 
But the month of July is it's a rough one. It's a rough one. You I'll be gone. You know, the days I'm on the road, and as soon as I get back, you're in the gym, and then you're back on the road. So I'll probably keep my keep my suitcase by the front door and just unload it and pack it and ready to go the entire month. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, well, listen, this has been a fun conversation, Brendan. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for stopping by the podcast and um, look forward to talking to you uh, as the season get, uh, approaches. And uh, thanks again for, for coming by. It's always good talking to you. No problem at all, Mike. Look forward to the next convo. Appreciate you. I want to thank Brendan for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.